0: DiBianco.
1: He not busy being born is busy dying. Bob Dylan immortalized those words in his song, It's All Right Ma, I'm Only Bleeding. Hey, hello storytellers, and welcome to another episode of Change Your Story, Change Your Life. I'm your host, Louis DiBianco. We're fortunate that our host, Audible, is enriching lives. They are offering you, our storytellers, a free audiobook download of your choice, plus a one month free trial of all of Audible service. And you get to choose for more than 180,000 titles. Simply go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash story power, and take advantage of this wonderful gift. Remember that this show is enriched by our dialogue with you, so keep your comments and inspired thoughts coming. Send them to Lewis, L-O-U-I-S, at ChangeYourStoryPodcast.com. Today's guest embodies Bob Dylan's words He not busy being born is busy dying. He lives them, and he inspires others to achieve significant change in their lives. He is one of the fastest-growing authorities in the area of organizational culture, leadership, and human potential. He's coached Forbes 400 list leaders, star athletes, and organizations like Disney, ABC, and Honeywell. He's a dynamic speaker and author of the highly acclaimed book, Are You Up for the Challenge? Six Steps to Lasting Change, Starting Now, Not Someday. He is also the mastermind and creator of an online coaching system that is transforming people and companies in 19 different nations. For over 20 years, he's helped more than 500,000 individuals expand their identities, and over 500 companies change, enhance, and create high-performing cultures. Oh, and did I mention that he was also part of the mobile communications team that trained the Navy elite SEALs, Special Forces, DEA, CIA, and he was a master coach for Tony Robbins' for nine years. Talk about an underachiever. I'm excited and honored to introduce Rod Hairston to our show. Rod, welcome to Change Your Story, Change Your Life. Thank
0: you. I'm so happy to be here. And I love that. I love that.
1: Thank you, my friend. You know, when people uh, appreciate my intros, I, I honestly tell them, um, I may have typed it out, but you wrote it. It's, you, it's your life and your experience. So let's start with where were you born?
0: I was born in a little town, uh, Passaic, New Jersey, uh, northern New Jersey, not far from New York. And uh, uh, and I stayed there for all the way up until about the eighth grade.
1: You know what I love about that? When I was growing up in New York, my relatives lived in Leonia. Very close to you.
0: Yes, I, yeah. I know it well.
1: Mm-hmm. And did you come from a big family?
0: No, a small family. My sister and I, and uh, just uh, and I. My first cousin grew up kind of as my brother, so I consider him my brother because we were always with each
1: other. Mm-hmm. And what would you say influenced you the most when you were a child?
0: Probably my grandfather. And uh, New Jersey, uh, he said something, and I just realized the impact that he had. He, my father, was a very angry person. With you know, he was a had a genius IQ, and he went to Vietnam. And he couldn't vote when he came back, and. He was just kind of a, and it just really bothered him that he got his throat cut in Vietnam and survived and couldn't vote and couldn't, and he was very bitter. Um, and he was making me that way early on or trying to. My grandfather said, I can't dispute what your father is saying, but one of the things you have to realize is that angels come in every size, every color, every gender. And that before you judge people like your father is doing, you have to first check and see if they're an angel. And I think that really changed how I approached people.
1: I really wow. do. That, wow. That's, that's powerful stuff.
0: Yeah. So I that, think that uh, that's a good, I think that people should take that metaphor and go about life. Before You can be prejudiced if you like, you can be misogynistic if you like, but before you do that, check and see if you're dealing with an angel first, mm. and then, then see how you feel afterwards.
1: Mm, that is beautiful. Thank you for that. How come your dad couldn't vote when he came back?
0: Well, he was in North Carolina, so this is before he had me, he just talked about those experiences, and... The states still weren't allowing for the voting at that point.
1: Wow, and he risked his life.
0: Yeah, so I think those are the kind of things that Americans kind of forget, that that wasn't too long ago.
1: (laughs) No, 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 it wasn't, my friend. I mean, I grew up in New York, and I grew up there during the time that Malcolm X was alive. And so... I remember what was going on. It was, uh, was pretty intense. Yeah. Now, did you have a, a little boy's dream about what you wanted to be when you grew up?
0: No, you know, I, I didn't. I, I was so interesting. I had a really amazing imagination, but never about myself.
1: Hmm.
0: I think that, uh, I never imagined, uh, me personally. Uh, and I think that's what, because of that, I think I had this powerful mind, but it wasn't focused on my own growth and achievement. And I think that it allowed me to kind of be uh, like a paper in the wind, you know, wherever the wind blew, I blew. And I was just lucky the wind blew me in some really good directions until I was able to figure out how to use the wind to go where I wanted to go.
1: Well, you know, I love that image, but I want to pose this as a possibility. You know that there are no accidents. I know you believe in the law of attraction. So, although it may have felt like the wind was just blowing you randomly about, could it have been that, at an unconscious level, you were telling the wind where to blow you?
0: Absolutely.
1: Okay. And again, it,
0: just, it kind of just kind of goes back to that whole idea of. A conscious goal or a dream, which I didn't have. And, but again, I think you're absolutely right. At a, some spiritual level, the wind was acting on behalf of the bigger part of me that I didn't know was there at the
1: time. Wow. Now, how did life lead you to the Navy SEALs? I mean, that's one of the most demanding experiences anybody could go through.
0: Well, I I think that like again, I I was a mobile com team, so that's not necessarily the Navy SEALs were uh they were a uh back in the in the eighties, it wasn't as popular as it is now. So you didn't it wasn't an eagle drive to be in the spec spec war like it is right now for people.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: for for us, you kinda got orders there or you were a good athlete, or you could run, or you know, or you did well. Like, I was really, really fast in boot camp, and you know, and I was a wrestler in high school, so I guess people would notice you and maybe make suggestions. Um, but um, uh, you end up there because you don't know what you're doing. You it's almost like what you were saying before, you kind of end up in that community, and uh. The community, once you get there, you you don't ever want to go back into the regular, we used to call it the regular military, the regular Navy, because you're in that kind of elite community and uh, where everybody, where there was a level of confidence and enthusiasm and sort of, uh, it was my first taste of growth, because you have to understand personal growth to be there.
1: Hmm. Now, what personal obstacles did you have to overcome to succeed in that environment? Well, it's so
0: interesting how, um, and again, it's different levels. I think that the, there were there was different levels of uh, dev, dev Group was a completely different um, organization within, and that that is the. Everybody knows now. That's still Team Six. I I would say um, you have to you have to be. For I know a lot of schools, you have to be in the moment. You have to kind of like uh, you have to kind of forget yesterday, and not think about. In some of the schools, how tough tomorrow is going to be or next week. You have to really enjoy the discovery of the moment. And I think that the people that could actually get themselves to that place, also growing up in New Jersey and kind of some of the experiences that you went through there kind of helped you a little bit with some reference points. But it really is around if this, what one man can do, another can do. And so sometimes, like, if you didn't have references and things, because I was not that great of a swimmer, um, and it was a requirement, of course, but uh what one man can do, another can do, is some things I used to say to myself. Um, and being a little, being allowing yourself to have fortune working in your behalf by staying positive around things. Mm-hmm. So always kind of allowing yourself to be a recipient of what life wants to do for you and life wants to express itself through you if you allow it in hmm. Any environment
1: Now did you, did you yourself have any particular specific personal demons that you had to conquer in order to succeed there?
0: Well I think yeah I think self esteem like I think everybody has a sort of in that community no matter what where you worked, you had a, uh, you had something that caused you to put yourself in a, a, a situation that would, uh, that, that you didn't necessarily have to. And I think that for me, it was to feel good about myself, to feel like I could accomplish something, be part of something, be, but it was for me personally, not for any significance outside of me. So I think that that was mine, just to, to just to learn to, to approve of myself or have something that I can put into my, you know, my shelf in my mind of accomplishment.
1: Well, that's very powerful because it had to be a very, very – strong force in you because as you know some people may want it but they just don't make the grade and they they give up because it's too tough but you didn't give up you hung in there man and what what would you say you loved most about that military world
0: um i really loved the, the sort of probably the purpose that was bigger than the little things that's separating a lot of the country today.
1: Mm. That
0: You know, everybody would come from different places and they had their prejudices. And once you deployed, all of those things went away. And they, they, you didn't choose for those things to go away. You just didn't have idle time and you had purpose. And all of this prejudice stuff and all of the stuff that you see and walls and it's all from idle time. Idle time and laziness. Mm. Those two things together can, people look for the quickest and easiest differentiator to have some sort of purpose. And so it's a toxic purpose. That's what the world is suffering from.
1: Mm. Wow. I like that. And mm. I agree with you. Now, how did you transform from your military work to your high-end coaching?
0: Because it's all the same. I think, you know, um, like I said, I, I would, I go, I've gone through a lot of really, really amazing trainings, but the, the, the guys who went through BUDS and other things and, you know, these guys were, they put themselves through even more interesting and crazy situations, our dev group. So you 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 just started being around, being in that community and, and witnessing these powerful warriors and people who are, you know, you know, you start looking at your own accomplishments and what you were able to do and you started recognizing that it wasn't physical. It was people that were superior physically, but inferior emotionally and mentally. Mm-hmm. And nobody ever taught you how to deal with that they would just tell you that's your problem so everybody would say it's in your head Hairston it's all in your head and that that's all you got and so I think that listening to that just kind of created for me this, op- this opportunity to figure out what does that mean it's all in your head what does that mean and so that was a quest for me and that's what that that question to answer that question has been sort of the purpose of my career and my and this, the launch of my coaching.
1: I get it, my friend. I mean, the um, I created this podcast because I have that same belief that is truly all in our heads. When I say change your story, I'm talking about the everything you're saying to yourself. Is a creation and it may be empowering or not, and you have the power to change it. So that's why I love what you do. Now, have you invested in your own, I guess, well, I don't know, have you invested in your own formal personal development, like taking courses with uh, any of the thought leaders and gurus of personal development?
0: Yeah, I, I of course, Tony Robbins is my, my. Mentor, I got a chance to visit with him when he came Isogenics, and I got a kiss and I uh, miss you and you know. But I I spent so many years working with him. I love Brian Tracy. My probably my favorite in his past. His name is U.S. Anderson, and uh, his his work Three Magic Words" is probably the most powerful book I've ever read. Um. And I and I I've read so many books. I love uh, uh The Four Agreements and uh the the Mastery of Love is a beautiful book. Hawkins, David Hawkins, The Power versus Force is probably again one of the most powerful pieces of work out there from a, a I- conscious perspective.
1: Hmm. The first one you said was, was it three magic words?
0: Three magic words. U.S. Anderson.
1: Okay. I'm going to look that one up right after this. Uh, right after well, this. That's
0: that, that the book.
1: Hmm. By the way, I just bought your book this morning <laughs> on, uh, on Kindle here in Canada. That's
0: awesome. Thank yes,
1: you. indeed. I'm looking forward to that. Now, I get Well, yeah, you already answered the next one. I was going to which were the thought leaders who impressed you the most? Now, how did you get to work with Tony Robbins? You worked with him for nine years.
0: <laughs> this is the weirdest story, but the way I was in a seminar, and it was about maybe 2,500 people in a room, and he stopped his presentation. It was a one-day sales event called um, Strategic, influence and he stopped the presentation pointed to me and said hey can i talk to you at the break and i said sure (laughs) and that's how uh we started working together i mean that was the that's the weird introduction to robin's world and i never asked him what he what he why he pointed to me or he just did and i just accepted
1: it you've never asked him in nine years
0: Mm-mm.
1: Wow. Well, I mean, I don't think it's weird because I think the man is, is, is powerfully intuitive and he must have been picking up on your energy and the way you were showing up in the room. Yep. Hmm. Beautiful. <laughs> that is beautiful. Now, What is your relationship to fear?
0: Well, I think fear gets a bad rap. And I don't really think people get it. I think they have to be very careful. The misuse of fear is the only thing you should be careful about. But fear is just energy that's telling you what do you want to do with this uncertainty that's coming. Because uncertainty is a good thing. But fear is is your unconscious mind's way of helping you stay out of uncertainty. However. Uncertainty might be absolutely what you need. So when fear comes, it's a signal and it's our responsibility to turn that fear into power, right? To fight or speed to flee a situation. Mm. And, and, and what people have to do is they have to understand that that's what is job. Fear is one of the best things that you can have. And every champion uses fear more effectively than People that are thinking and they can get rid of it, you're not going to get rid of it, and it's a waste of time.
1: Mm. You
0: do, you're, not, you're crazy, and you're not going to make it that long anyway. <laughs>
1: <laughs> how, how do you define courage?
0: That's that's what courage is. Courage is the the decision the decision to step into the fear and use the energy that fear is bringing to you
1: hmm You said that without hesitation and with such clarity. I get what you're talking about. Now, is there a formula for overcoming any obstacle in life?
0: Right. The, the, the formula is to always create obstacles as an opportunity that your vision is putting in front of you. So another, this is why vision is so important, because when you have a vision An obstacle becomes the opportunity for you to become a more. So I always tell people that a vision is not, a vision is not for you to have anything. A vision is for you to become something.
1: Mm. Obstacles
0: are the resistance that builds the character and the muscles for you to become the person that can create what you want to have and sustain it so every obstacle in my life I always believe is the opportunity that I'm asking for that's how I see it
1: you know I'm tingling right now and I'll tell you why I'm a professional actor and I've been an actor most of my adult life and one of the, the, the essential things of understanding drama and how to create a great scene is to understand the importance of conflict and the obstacle. Without obstacle, there's no drama. I'm saying, wow, he, he's talking about personal growth, but he's hitting on the very nature of great acting. Wow. Yeah, that, that's incredible, man. That is wonderful. Now, how can you model someone without putting them on a pedestal?
0: By realizing that anything that's worth modeling in another person is your mind's way of saying it also belongs to you. It never belonged to them. And recognizing that you will be a model as well one day. So, Mm. you know, like things work through people. They're not of people. Like they, um, so when i model someone i i don't that person didn't create the principle that i'm modeling what they did was they just it's just they 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 have a unique way that resonates with me it's like the singer of the song is the deliverer of the music the song right but the the song was, was there long before them and oh. i i think that the um And I think that it's kind of like that. It's like, uh, (laughs) probably the better way of saying that is I I, I was listening to these guys uh, in Utah sing Africa. And it was one of the, and it was just two guys in a pizza shop in Utah doing the cover for Africa. And it was just beautiful. And people were like, and if a kid never heard that song, he would say, why aren't those amazing songwriters? In Carnegie Hall somewhere, and it's because, well, the song, it's not their song, and even the people who created it is not theirs. It's ours. Wow! And so, um, and I think that that so when you're modeling, you're you're just borrowing principle that the people that you're modeling borrowed it, borrowed it as well, and just hmm. remember that.
1: That's another powerful insight. A beautiful, powerful insight. Why is ego an obstacle to true personal power?
0: Because ego does exactly what we just said. Ego ego deceives you into believing that you created all of your success and power and that the only real goal in life is to be better than someone else. So, ego will... Try to confuse people to the, that your gifts are the only gifts and that if anybody and everybody doesn't have this particular gift, then they cannot be significant or important. So I talked to a lady one day and she said to me, I want coaching. She goes, I want coaching from you, but I really want to talk to you before I did that. I'm a very successful person you gave me one of the best compliments I've ever gotten and it really made me feel great until I heard you give somebody else a compliment. And she goes, and I have to tell you it really bothered me because then I heard you give another person a compliment. And then mm-hmm. I started asking around and they were like, yeah, Rod will give compliment you. And she goes, I feel like you're manipulating people and I feel like, if I'm going to pay you to coach me, then I need the truth, not your compliments. <laughs> and, wow. I, and I thought, okay. And so she goes, so what are, you, are you up for And I was like, well, sure. And I said, well, you look like a horse. Let's start with that. Woo! I'm sure you've heard that before. No. <laughs> nothing wrong with looking like a horse, but you do. And she was like, I right, really? And I'm like, no, no, no. I just want you to see that you're looking for insults because you want to be, you're you're driven by outside recognition and significance. And so you think somehow if I would have, you've never heard me compliment anybody else, it would be okay. But because you heard me compliment other people, it t- it took away your significance, and now you want me to almost be insulting, so that you can now believe the compliments I can give you. And I wasn't giving you any compliments. I was identifying and telling you what your gifts were, your uniqueness. And I said, if you'd to listen to any compliment that you call compliments that I gave other people, it was very different than yours. I was like, life is about really looking at your gifts and focusing on what's great about a person and what they're here to do. And I can't coach you because that's my style. I, I, I don't want, I want to starve your weaknesses, right? Not feed them to make you feel like you can trust me because you can't see the difference between your gifts and what, and you being significant. And I was like, so, Your gifts are not yours. They're for you to give away. And I thought that's what you were interested in doing. So in our coaching, we cultivate your gifts, and then your job is to give those gifts away. That's why the creator endowed you with those gifts in the first place, right? Right? To use them for other people, not for yourself. You'll get plenty of significance by genuinely cultivating your gifts and loving people enough that you offer those gifts, you'll get plenty of people that love you and plenty of people that tell you how amazing you are because they're benefiting. And I said, so that's what ego does. Ego starts tricking you into believing that everything you have, you created, are uh, even more than that. Your religion is the right religion. Your, Your color is the right color. Your this is the right, and there's wrong, and there's right. And everything that's opposite of you is wrong, and so on. So uh, the, that's the challenge with it. And then and again, toxic purpose and weak egos. That's what's happening.
1: Yeah, and it's yeah, I believe it's all uh, driven by fear mastering the minds of the people who fall into that trap.
0: Absolutely right.
1: You know, uh, now, did you end up working with her? No. No? Mm-mm. mm wow. You know, it's interesting because you actually you the, you were giving compliments. What you weren't doing was giving flattery, which can be false. But a compliment is genuine. Uh, flattery is, you know, you see someone who looks terrible and tell them, Wow, you look awesome today, and they don't.
0: <laughs> well, and I need to make that distinction. I, I that, that's very good. I'll use that.
1: Thank you. Thank Tell you. us about your coaching company, Envision U, and that's you—the letter, capital letter U.
0: So Envision U started in 1996, and it was our—it's our corporate. Coaching company, and we coached Honeywell and Quicken and ExxonMobil, and we had a lot of really big clients and small clients. And then we developed Growth U, and that's when we met Kathy Coover of Isogenics. And she was there, and that's the personal development arm. And Growth U is the company who created the Healthy Mind and Body program for Isogenics. So EnvisionU Baby is Growth U. <laughs> growth U created a healthy mind and body program that's helped a lot of people out there. And uh and that's growth hype in the letter U, like Growth University, growth hype in the letter U. Um, and uh we have you know tens of thousands of people in that community and it's an online coaching community that says that you have to grow something, why not grow in intentionally.
1: Mm. Well, there you go again, Bob Dylan. He not busy being born is busy dying. That's huh. right. Oh, man. That's
0: beautiful. That's why I love how you started.
1: How you started. <laughs> <laughs> Are you familiar with the song?
0: I I'm, I heard the song, and I am i can't wait to get off of the... the well, I, I enjoy this. I, the first thing I'm going to do is listen to that song.
1: Yeah, man, it's a powerful yeah. song. It's a yeah. powerful song. And, um, <laughs> who are your ideal clients, Rod, and how do you help them the most?
0: Well, again, I, I believe that, um, just like you said, everything is attracted. So when we attract people into the organization, we, we, we want, we want people who get that life is a, Is a journey. There isn't, there's, there's, there's not a there. There's that life is about the investor's reset that every day I get an opportunity to utilize this infinite potential that I'm walking around with towards something of value to other people. And so I think that the people that kind of get that a little bit, people that want to be part of something that they realize is for life, you know, um, and put themselves in this this sort of beautiful environment where they can continue to harvest and grow and expand and 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 really add value to other people then I think those are the clients that we attract towards growth to you just in the name. It's not achievement.com or success.com it's growth to you so I think that just in that we, we attract those people and I think we would do a lot. We would, if we, if the goal was to have a ton of people and to make a ton of money really quickly, then we would say power you or ego you or success you or, you know, achievement you or, you know, those kind of things. But we are, we're looking for the growth minded people. I think organizations, corporations, the companies that get that culture is the foundation of all growth strategically, financially. Um, you know, customer-wise, service-wise, innovation-wise, that culture kind of sets the tone, you know, for any and every organization out there. So I think that companies that are focused on culture and people that are focused on long-term growth are people that are ideal for us.
1: Right. I was just going to say long-term versus the quick fix. You know, yes. as I'm listening to you, I mean, you have incredible wisdom, and I'm willing to bet that you are life-taught more than you were school-taught. I could be wrong, but oh, what, yeah, what, yeah. what what level of schooling did you do?
0: Oh, I went to the high school, and then I went through college. I went through – I have a business degree, and uh, – a little, uh, a minor in acting.
1: <laughs> in acting, Bro! oh, we gotta talk some more later about that, man.
0: <laughs> I, wrote, I wrote some plays and, and won scholarships, and so I really enjoyed acting. I, I, I regret that I didn't uh, go deeper into that. But I, I was in the military, and the military allowed me to go to college, and. Uh, and stay in. So that was my, that was part of my, you know, 11 year career is going to college and getting my degree. So I didn't really maximize the experience like I would have. Um, but I really loved acting and I think acting gave me sort of the, that whole notion that you could change your identity and become someone else. And if you could become someone else, I remember just not even wanting to go back to myself after being a, being a character, how that character can take on a life. You know? And
1: you, wow, wow. Do, do you remember the uh, particular character you played?
0: Did, have I ever, what,
1: now, nah, say that again, please? Can you remember a particular character that you played that made you feel that way?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think, and I think I still have a, that character with me sometimes is my it, it, my silliness. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm kind of crazy, and I think I act that way from stage, but that, that was a character that would just really be, and it was just, I was a shy person, and I created a character, and I started realizing that I could be that character if I wanted to. I have the right to do it, and I integrated it.
1: Are you familiar with the play that um, the late... Leroy Jones wrote, called Dutchman.
0: No, but I, I can't wait to Dutchman. I,
1: I think you should pick it up and read it, my friend. It's okay. very, very powerful stuff. Um,
0: Leroy Jones? What was Le- it, Leroy? Yeah, L-
1: Leroy Jones. Yeah, Dutchman. It's, um, it was a, um, when he wrote it, it was considered a groundbreaking, revolutionary. Uh, it's a one-act play with two characters, a white woman named Lula and a young black man named Clay, Clay Williams. That's all I'll say. When you read okay. it, I know you'll get back to me. <laughs> By the way, you said I kind of regret that I didn't. You know what, man? You could, you could get into acting right now. I mean, first of all, you've got what it takes internally. Because it's about being in the moment, being present, and your energy would read so powerfully on camera that if you wanted to go and start an acting career or even to have it as an adjunct to what you do, you could.
0: Wow. Well, thank you. That's a huge compliment.
1: Well, well, you know, again, it's not flattery. It's the absolute truth. And I'd be willing to pursue that with you, you know, um, after this podcast. Uh, where do you see yourself in five years?
0: I see myself more fulfilled and, uh, more joyful. Um, I see myself creating, um, a minimum of a hundred million dollar organization. Um, and I see myself having both social and political impact in the world.
1: That's beautiful. You know, as, as you speak, I was thinking if more people thought like you, if they embraced your point of view, we would have a much more peaceful and, uh, and a richer world.
0: Absolutely. I 100% agree with that. And if more people listened to this type of work you're doing and just understood the title of this podcast, we would have a freer and richer world.
1: Thank you. I Yeah, they would. They would become so empowered to realize, you know, you can start today by just speaking differently to yourself. And that's the beginning of creating a new story. And it's not just words. Now, you mentioned books before, but I want to go back to it to highlight some of your favorite books. So,
0: like I said... The, the hero with a thousand faces is a really wonderful book. Uh, three magic words is my all time favorite. I really enjoy power versus force, the mastery of love, success cybernetics is a feisty old book, but it's really, really enjoyable. And for the women that would read that book, just kind of look past some of his Misogyny. It was written back in the 1930s and 40s, but the principles will support all of us. Um, you said success cybernetics? Success cybernetics versus, and psycho cybernetics is another great, great book and a, a book that people should have in their library. Uh, Think Like a Winner is a very, very good book.
1: This is mm-hmm. just wonderful. How about a favorite quote of yours?
0: Hmm. I don't know who said this, but I got a couple, and I love this one. And though thy knees were never bent to heaven, thy hourly prayers are sent. And whether formed for good or ill, are registered and answered still.
1: Mm. Say it again very slowly.
0: And though thy knees were never bent to heaven, our hourly prayers are sent and whether they're formed for good or ill are registered and answered still
1: wow that is absolutely beautiful that is beautiful now if you could wave a magic wand and change anything in the world you only get to change one thing right now what would it be
0: I would change my notion to try to change anything.
1: Wow. How about outside of you just to change? You look at the world around you, the things that disturb you about the world around you, and you were to change one thing in that world.
0: You know, I was thinking about that when I saw the question. And (laughs) what came to me consistently is, I I would probably I would become I would change I would use the wand to help me be, become the influencer that could actually get people to recognize that love cannot be rejected only accepted and I would and and I would probably you know and again I, I if I use the wand to change things, then I would be really scared about the repercussions because what impact would it have on what we're supposed to be and do in the future? And that makes me a little nervous about some of the things that I've said. So it's just so funny because just this week I came to the conclusion that all of these bad things have been, are part of the evolution of, of consciousness and growth. and. I would be, could I mess that up in some way? So I would, the one would be to myself to become more of what the creator wanted me to be and to put more energy and influence into the world where people got it from their own, for their own reasons, their own why. Because I think that's the beautiful, the beautiful part of life.
1: Wow. So, what I'm hearing is not unlike what Gandhi said, become the change that you want to see in the world. Right. Mm-hmm. How can people contact you and they should?
0: Well, they can go to growth hyphen the letter U.com, rod at growth U.
1: Rod growth at growth U. Yeah. Now, uh-huh. when it's rod at growth uh, hyphen you or just growth-u
0: growth Okay.
1: Any final thoughts for our storytellers? No, I
0: think that I, I really I love your show, and I think that uh, this, uh, you're really, really great um, at interviewing and uh, clarifying things, and I think that uh, people are very fortunate. And, and you're the reason <laughs> that a lot of these issues are coming up today. You're part of the, 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 because what you're doing is you're, you're forcing people to have to think. And sometimes people will fight before they have to think because they're starting to recognize that their old archaic belief systems are no longer valid because there's things out there like this. So keep on causing trouble.
1: Hmm. Thank you, my friend. Loving, thank love, you. Loving,
0: loving trouble. That's what you're causing.
1: it's been more than a pleasure rod and i look forward who knows we may be doing one again
0: i would love to anytime
1: thank you thank you once again storytellers for spending this special time today with me and rod hairston i feel my spirit uplifted and i have a feeling that many of you do too Rod is a truly beautiful and inspiring human being. Share this. Please share it and pay it forward. Let people know that they can hear this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, and, of course, on the website, ChangeYourStoryPodcast.com. And remember that at the website... You have a free gift waiting for you, a downloadable free ebook called Storytelling Secrets for a Rich Life and Business. Also remember the books we talked about and also think about other books that you really, really love. And you can get a free audiobook download of your choice choosing from more than 180,000 titles at www.audibletrial.com forward slash story power. One of the big takeaways for me in my conversation with Rod today was his com- his comment, his definition of courage, stepping into the fear, feeling the fear, stepping into it, and taking action anyway during the next week think about is there a fear in your life that's a major obstacle that's stopping you from moving forward from making a breakthrough from enjoying a new level of fulfillment then stop face it step into it and make that breakthrough and please when you do Let us know, share it with us, send your comments to lewis, L-O-U-I-S, at changeyourstorypodcast.com. And of course, to help you make that change, to take that leap of courage, begin by asking, how can I change my story and change my life?